0: Hello and welcome to episode 144 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. My name is Ben, and I'm here with David McCookie and Craig Ellis. We're talking about the new State of Theology report from Ligonier and what effect technology has or hasn't had on the state of theology today in 2018. It's a rousing discussion. Join us. So guys... I've brought you here together to discuss the state of theology from this recent report from Ligonier, The State of Theology. That's what it's called. And
1: also known as Geneva.
0: Yes. Thank you. And it, that's great. And you can find it at thestateoftheology.com if you care to look. It's pretty interesting. And I want to talk about a couple of the findings. And then maybe we can talk about the implications of some of those findings And then we'll kind of get into some other things related to this report. So, just as a preface, Ligonier Ministries, they're asking, what do Americans think about God, Jesus Christ, sin, and eternity? In the State of Theology survey, we uncover the answers to that question. So, every two years, they take the theological temperature of the United States to help Christians better understand today's culture and equip the church with better insights for discipleship. So, these are key findings from 2018. Number one, as it relates to evangelicals, 52% of evangelicals agree with the following statement. Everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Ugh. Which I feel like disqualifies you from evangelical, doesn't it?
1: I would have thought so, but apparently not. I thought, I mean, can you be... Wouldn't Arminians kind of with that not wesleyan armenians but armenian armenians no david no it's one of the five points that's uncharitable all right all right uh, i feel like I, there are there are armenians who believe that because uh I oh yeah some growing up there are armenians who are actually pelagian yes i agree you're right i'm really i'm really just going anecdotally here i wasn't i wasn't trying to make a broad statement about all armenians i'm just saying some people who call themselves armenians would probably say that yeah man is Messed up, but good at heart. I don't think people know the word Arminian who feel that way. Hmm. I I know people. I know people. All right.
0: I'll take your anecdote. I do think it's worthwhile to clarify now that the definition they used of the word evangelical is not as bad as some research institutions, whom I will not name, which is basically, as far as I can tell, just take people who self-identify as evangelical, which is like a horrible definition. But they used uh, Lifeway Research's definition, which I think is at least decent. And um, so, in order to qualify as evangelical, you have to strongly agree with the following four statements. Number one, the Bible is the highest authority for what I believe. Number two, it is very important for me personally to encourage non Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. Number three, Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the only sacrifice that could remove the penalty of my sin. Number four, only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. That's what an evangelical is, according to this
1: survey. So, it's somebody who says that, but they don't even necessarily have to be going to church.
2: That's a great question. Yeah, well, it seems like that when we get further down the page. And I think the answer is yes. Which, I don't
1: know, that's... I guess, encouraging to me on in a certain way, because it means that, like, I shouldn't expect this when I go to church. Obviously, like, hopefully we're all in in churches where this isn't the case anyway. But like people who go to church generally. Well, this chart doesn't speak to people who go to church specifically, which I guess is me just saying what we said before. Again, I'm encouraged by the thing because it's the thing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and now that we've established that, let's move on to statement number two that we'll consider. The next statement, which 51% of evangelicals agreed with, is that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism,
2: and Islam. I cannot believe this one. I, I can't like,
0: either. What?
2: <laughs> where do they, where, how? Uh, who's teaching that? Like, what is going on with that? The other, the, I must admit, the first one, when I was reading through the first one, I was like, well, that's the way our. I- our culture is pushing everything right like society is telling everyone oh people are people are good there's just you know a little bit of good and a little bit of bad in everyone kind of thing so i can see why people would be sort of drinking the that up but the other thing like the thing about worshipping you know all religions lead to god or, or you can worship god and it doesn't really matter which way you do it or which god you're worshipping it's all the same that that to me is a lot further removed um from traditional christianity I mean, the other one is as well, but you know what I mean? I, I think that one is like... that. I, w- I would find it harder to convince someone of that than the, than the other one, I reckon.
1: I have no comment because my mommy taught me that when you don't have nice things to say, you don't say anything <laughs> at all.
0: <laughs> That's fair, David. Just to be totally clear, uh, as the spokesperson that I've just... I've just elected myself spokesperson for Tech Reformation, the podcast. Uh, we strongly disagree with both of the statements that have so yes, far been... Yes, Sorry.
2: When I said yeah, argue for the other one, I didn't mean in the affirmative of what people are doing wrong. The next question
0: God counts a person as righteous, not because of one's works, but only because of one's faith in Jesus Christ. 91% of evangelicals agree. This is my favorite That's good. one, though. Um,. <laughs> The next statement, there is one true God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 97% agree, which means we're doing really great at teaching vocab words and their definitions, but we actually have no idea what those words mean, because the next statement is, Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God, of which 78% of evangelicals agree, (laughs) which is
2: unfathomable to me, because the first statement
0: totally denies the second.
2: If you have any well, clue what and, any those words mean. And the first statement discounts the one um, previous about worship, accepting worship of all religions. If there's only one true God, there's only one true God that we can worship but in any, with any validity. So well, that, yeah, but that that when people mispronounce
1: my name, I go ahead and I say, yes, that's me. No, no, no. I, no, I just no. mean like you, you, you could, you could uh, one could hold that cognitive dissonance and say, oh, well, I'm, like I'm not actually making the argument. I'm just saying... Just because there's only one God doesn't mean that He doesn't accept worship when we worship other gods.
2: Oh, as you Except were just saying, that the one true God has said that we should have no other gods and not worship anyone else. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: of course that is the case. <laughs> I'm just saying the one the the oneness does not mean that He doesn't accept sure. worship on like like in 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 Narnia, uh, Aslan says that you know me there by another name, uh, yep. which I think yep. has actually been really detrimental to evangelicals.
0: So basically we're all Jehovah's Witnesses. That's what I learned from this study. Evangelicals are actually secretly Jehovah's Witnesses. They're Aryans. Like the Germans, right? No,
1: different thing. <laughs> it's an I, not a Y. Yeah, so were you were you making a point with all this? Like did you did you just want to depress depress us and the listeners?
2: Well, I haven't. Because even I, this. Am, I am depressed. <laughs> yeah, I feel depressed about it too. We're only up to the next statement. We still have <laughs> like like another twelve statements. This is together. like the
1: heaviest form of flogging.
2: <laughs> yeah, it really is. No,
0: I'm not going to go through the rest. The next, the survey then breaks down into the r- all of U.S. adults, um, and it gets obviously worse. But in some ways better because you kind of expect this of
2: non Christians. Like I just expect bad theology. Um, Pagan's going to peg. Right. Interestingly, there was some interest. Like I, just abortion is sin as a statement. Fifty two percent agree in the whole of U.S. adults. That's interesting. I'm surprised by that. I thought it would actually be the majority, the slight majority in the other direction.
1: Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too.
0: Oh, here's another evangelical one. Religious belief is a matter of personal opinion. It is not about objective truth. 32% agree. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. To which well, I want to say, is that your opinion? opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh! <laughs> Thanks, David. Right.
2: I was hoping you would go there. Same time. Six percent are not sure, so I don't know what they're doing with their time. Like, why are they bothering? <laughs> it seems strange.
1: Well, and again, this is this is so tricky because you could have you could have decided like, oh, it's all just opinion, but this is my opinion, and I don't even bother going to church. But then somebody shoves a survey in your face, and you decide to jack up all the numbers.
2: Well, yeah, there's that possibility as well. I suppose. I
1: think this I one is. The- I've never been surveyed on these.
2: Have any of you? No.
1: Mm. I'm not
2: living in America, so I don't count. Yeah. You basically don't have a salt. You're basically a ginger. Or a Canadian. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, good point. No, I'm not Canadian. <laughs> now, don't, now, don't insult me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know you guys have a thing with Canada, just like we do with New Zealand. That's cute. Hey, it's me, just gonna
3: jump in here real quick to talk about our sponsor this week, which is Missional Wear, your Reformed Theology gift shop. Missional Wear, of course, prints apparel, drinkware, and accessories with beautiful artwork of historical creeds, quotes, and faces of various reformers, and I know I told you about this last time, but uh, but Missional Wear is doing a bunch of theologian statues so we have busts of Spurgeon, Calvin, Edwards, and Luther. They have a Kickstarter going. It's got three days to go. You should go check it out. They're bronze. They look really cool. And they've also just... I i think they've just unlocked the ability to get John Owen, John Bunyan, Augustine of Hippo, and John Knox, if you're into any of those. They have options of getting these before Christmas. So... You should go check this out right now. I'm sure they're going to be up on the site afterwards. But, I mean, I guess I don't know that for sure. So, if this is something that you want, you should find the link in the show notes. Uh, That should point you towards the Missionalware Kickstarter, or you can go to Kickstarter and uh, just search for Missionalware to get these cool bronze theologian statues. And, of course, if you're listening to this after you know, three days from when the show posts. Missionalware has wonderful items on their regular website as well at missionalware.com. So go check them out, and thanks to them for sponsoring Tech Reformation this week.
0: Well, I won't read the rest of the study, but you can find it at thestateoftheology.com or in the show notes, and it goes on to be pretty interesting. Um, It's a really, really sad state of things, unfortunately. And it doesn't seem to be getting better. A lot of the comparative from 2016 to 2018 are worse, not better. Mm. So, the trend is not exactly upward. But, given that this is a tech podcast, uh, tech and theology podcast, the recent advent of really fancy websites to talk about meaningful things gives us the opportunity to talk theology. So, here we find ourselves. Let's discuss some of the implications of this report. David? David?
1: Sorry, I'm using inspect element because you said really fancy websites and holy cow, there's a bunch of gibberish like all these class names. <laughs> I just I, th- I think there was there was a machine involved in generating a lot of this code. Very possibly so. Yeah. Yeah. My wife is the administrative assistant at our church and they'll do uh, not like surveys like this, but like data on who is serving from our system that keeps track of like who's serving in the nursery or what have you. And whenever I see people gathering data like this uh, and either being encouraged or discouraged by it, I'm always reminded of King David and the uh, census that he took toward the end of his life that God was not happy with him about. And I'm, I'm not a, a crazy person uh, who would have answered wrongly to these questions on this survey. I'm not saying that we shouldn't take surveys because David took a census and God punished him for it. I'm just saying that I think one of the principles in that story is that we should not, uh, that we need to trust God over the data. And when Jesus says, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it," like obviously we shouldn't be encouraged by these numbers. Like these numbers should should sober us to a degree. But we also want to keep in mind the things that God has promised, and that it's all going according to the plan. Like it's all God's providence has not been abated by a crappy education, a crappy theological, or you know, it has not been abated by terrible theological education. In America or Australia yeah. or New Zealand or Canada.
0: <laughs> I do th- think there's a tendency <clears throat> to at least forget that Christ is still king, ruling, and putting all of his enemies in subjection under his feet right now when we see things like this. And and the panic starts and the chicken littling begins. And so, yeah, I
2: agree. It's a really great insight that you had, David. Thank you. The other thing that this seems symptomatic of maybe is a... Because I completely agree that this isn't hijacking... somehow hijacking God's plan and things are going off the rails um, to a degree that he's not still in control of um, everything that's going on, which he obviously is. Um, But I do think that if you asked... Well, clearly by the numbers, (laughs) evangelicals don't seem to be too... There's probably a lot of evangelicals who aren't as concerned about, um, the, th- the specifics of their theology to the point that people like us are, who like to discuss these things in depth and sort of, um, do a fair bit of research and whatever, uh, really work out where we, where we stand on things. Um, and I think the, whether it's, I don't know, like the mere Christianity thing or, or like just the idea of like, all you need is a simple faith, um, and, and theology is like a bad word and, you know, I think that sort of thing, while it doesn't discount God's plan, I think it's it's um, it's part and parcel of like, a, you know, a distracted surface level superficial um, society that we live in where people uh, are willing to sort of put their hand up for something but not necessarily go any further, uh, not necessarily actually um, get stuck in and find out why and what it means. Um, at any kind of deep level, which is sad, but uh, you know, it's that's people's prerogative, I guess. Like people can interact with um, any of their beliefs on anything to to whatever depth they want to. Um, but I, I certainly know I've had conversations with people where um, I've kind of expected them to uh, want to discuss um, the things of the Lord, or you know, a particular topic, or something that's been um, coming up in sort of Christian circles lately, or something, and. And they revert to this idea of you know well I you know just have simple faith or I don't you know don't really tend to think about those kinds of things and all that kind of thing and I just think you know it's not uncommon but it also isn't helpful um, and so while this isn't discounting God's plan it doesn't also discount the work that needs to be done like Ben was saying in in churches to more accurately uh, teach about who God is and what that actually means for our lives but I think- who we are. I think there's a bit of
0: anti-intellectualism rampant in evangelical subculture, though. And there has been.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, it only matters, whatever's true only matters to me as long as it affects the way I live or something about me or... Which, you know, I I agree that, that the last step in theology is application.
2: I agree, yes. Um, but it's not the only step in theology.
0: Yeah. And it's not the first step either. And it seems pretty obvious given the results of this survey that the whole, let's not worry too much about theology or doctrine divides or no creed but Christ, like all that stuff seems to not be landing us in a very good spot. Well, we just don't understand who God is, really
2: is. Yeah.
0: And we don't understand ourselves and we don't take seriously what he said
2: about what's true about him and about ourselves. Yeah. And and I I, I don't want to I don't want to discount the Christianity of those people necessarily and I don't think their intentions are always bad, but I agree that the outworking of it is is like a net negative effect. It's not overall a positive thing for people to be thinking that way.
1: Yeah, if you look at these numbers, you see they're they're actually trending in a bad word direction. Um, at least the ones that are recorded from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen. And I do think that the the anti-intellectualism, but like when you when you think about like uh, the term for what you guys are talking about is ecumenicism. Uh, yeah. When you think about that, it's, uh, it's like as the internet becomes a thing and we're more and more connected with everybody in the world who believes anything in the world who, I don't know. I, I feel like the technology, if we're, if we're trying to make this about technology, uh, is, is playing two effects. It's giving us, interactions with a lot of people who don't hold the same views we are and we're, we're feeling like in order to keep peace, we have to pull back and pull back and pull back on what we hold is important. And then at the same time, you also have this like, I read a blog article, so I understand the Trinity. Uh, or, or I read a tweet from, from, from this guy and, and now I understand the Trinity. Uh, and pastors feeling the need to speak in, in tweets.
0: Yep. And that is the next question I wanted to ask. And, and this is where we'll conclude... Our discussion, but just on the subject of what effect is technology having on the state of theology? Positive, negative, give some examples. Um, and I do think you're right on, David. I also think giving everyone equal equal volume as far as the megaphone or the microphone goes, like everyone can just speak into the void. Everyone has a voice. And it's just not true that all opinions are equal. You can just but get a it's podcast. Cert- yeah. Yeah. Like some... <laughs> idiot from memphis can start a podcast with three people he met on the internet randomly
2: right nice that he didn't describe idiots to those people as well <laughs> of course not there's only one here but um I mean, you're from memphis <laughs> well
0: I, that's
1: where i He's live living in memphis why did i think you lived not in memphis
0: i don't know let's not talk too closely about my uh <laughs> my living state i don't
1: want to get a bomb in the mail yeah that makes sense you gotta send it to memphis it's PO just, Box PO Box Memphis Ben <laughs> Memphis.
2: <laughs> I think one of the things with like everyone having a platform or everyone even having an equal platform or the the ability to equally publish their own thoughts and stuff, um, that's one one side of things that can be problematic. Another take is that the internet is like a big uh, place for everyone to talk about things, and when you have people not just talking about things, but disagreeing about things, you can end up with an us versus them thing. Like there's Christians on the internet and there's non-Christians on the internet. Um, and Christians tend to have this thing where we want to band together and have unity, right? Which is great. Like the desire for unity is a good thing. Um, but I think you have to have unity around something. And I think there are, there is a tendency for, um, the, the unity to happen around something that is very, very broad. Um, so, do you believe in Jesus? I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in Jesus too. Okay, great. We can have unity. Like if that's as far as it goes, like that, you know, I think, um, yeah, Christians on the internet sort of often are, are sort of saying, hey, let's all, you know, let's all get on board together. Let's all have unity. Um, and I'm all for that, except that there has to be a baseline level of, but what do we actually believe so that we can have unity together, if that makes sense? And I think those lines tend to get... Well, they just don't exist in a lot of places um, because it's too hard in internet chat rooms and Facebook discussions to um, nut that stuff out. That stuff out. Does that make sense? Do you mean like a confession? Yeah, or a statement of faith or whatever you want to call that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there actually is no unity without truth. What else are you unified
1: in other than sh- shared doctrine and beliefs? It could unify around things like we all like sandwiches with toothpicks in them. Now you could start a club. You could have a club sandwich.
0: Okay, Mitch Hedberg, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) We did not invite you to this recording. (laughs) I do think there's something underneath the thing you were bringing up a minute ago, David, which is, it's not that technology did this to us, like the advent of social media or the digital age or whatever... Has now, conf- we've been confronted with different views, and we feel like we have to accept people, tolerate people in the new definition of that in order to love them. I think the issue actually is our understanding of what love is. Um, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me.
3: Mm,
2: mm-hmm. oh, I was just about to say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think the prevailing definition is the right of self-identification and self-expression. And when you deny either of those things, you're you're not loving, you're hating. And that's underneath the being confronted with other views, right? So if I think that's what love is, and someone tells me, I don't think Jesus is God. I think he's a created being, for example. And I think that loving them means I have to accept them uh, and that belief and uh, you know, agree with that in some way or maybe not deny that in some way. Um, yeah, affirm the their right problem. to believe that and that's okay. Yeah, that's the real thing. problem.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't agree? A look on David's face made it sound like he half agreed and half wanted to say something further. You don't agree with that?
1: No, I I, I do agree. I, okay. I, um, yeah, It's a, I think it's just an in, interesting perfect storm of things because you have at the same time as our definition of loves is being, uh, you know, slaughtered uh what's the word I'm looking for? As our definition of love is just being mutilated. Deluded?
0: No, um, you should say you should say adulterated because it's more of a pun.
2: Oh yeah. You're no, you're king of puns, I, man. Come on. It's like a related. I don't, word. I don't take on.
1: secondhand puns. That's not a thing.
0: Well, you can have <laughs> um, this one. This is a hand-me-down pun. Here you go. I've used As it. As our it's definition a of,
1: of love is being distorted, we also have this this tremendous connectedness with everybody in the world and uh, uh, this other side, which is you might call it the democratization of platform, um, or the re-democratization of platform. Like it used to be that the way ideals uh, the way ideas were spread was largely by like ratters, people who would just talk loudly in the public square. And if you were good, a lot of people would listen to you, and uh, that was kind of how you made your living. Like people would pay you money, kind of like a YouTuber, to just listen to your thoughts on things. And now we have this. There, there was a, there was a time when publishing and radio and TV became a thing where there were guardians of that, uh, where like you had to, in order to get your book published, impress with your impress, at least three people who were relatively well-educated. And even although like, even to the beginnings of TV, like more than one person had to agree with you for your opinions to become a thing in the world that everybody can hear. And now like all you need is some half decent filmmaking skills, an iPhone, and a YouTube account. And if you are good at talking and you, you know, people like you, if you're charismatic, you can get a million followers and tell them anything you want. And there is something
0: amazing about that, at least to some extent. Oh, yeah. It's not a universal bad. Except when the ideas are terrible and everyone lacks discernment, which seems to be more often the case.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have learned like, like you think about uh Desiring God, right? Uh Desiring God took advantage of that when the internet and Ligonier also. has taken advantage of like every single advance that we've made. They did they did videos, they've done uh printing, they've done like every time some new form of democratization of uh publishing occurs, they're right on the edge of it. And that's great. So there there there's definitely something here where like if 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 we still had those restrictions and our government was more like Canada. Ligonier would have never been a thing. Like Ligonier could never be a thing on TV in Canada.
0: Uh, are either of those organizations on Snapchat.
1: Snapchat, have you looked at their stock prices lately?
2: <laughs> ben, you've always been a fan of Snapchat, haven't you? No. Or was that Derek? I'm actually was it was me, it.
1: but I'm actually re-downloading
0: it now for the first time in probably years just to see if either of them are on there.
2: I can't imagine what John Piper would be Snapchatting or Tony Ranke. I, I don't think they, that
1: either of them have, uh, have Snapchat presences from what No results tell. for Desiring God. But they do. And Ligonier is on the Instagram stories.
0: Uh, li- there is a Ligonier, but I don't think this is them.
1: Hmm. Hmm. That's not the it's person a- they got to take over for R.C. Sproul?
0: No, I don't think so. It's a lady with long brown <laughs> hair. She seems to be wearing a tank top and a Santa
1: hat. I don't it know why. It actually does look like young R.C. Sproul in terms of the hair. Have you guys well, seen young R.C. Sproul's hair? He looks like no. he should be a car salesman <laughs> or an Elvis impersonator.
0: All right. Snapchat's been deleted. I'm glad to refute David's claims that quickly once again.
1: I think we could debate here whether or not Snapchat's going to be a thing in a year and a half.
0: This has <laughs> been a great conversation about the state of theology
1: and technology, technology's influence on it. Can I say one thing by way of application? okay yeah yeah you can say whatever you want i was just thinking about how this is a very large-scale study done across like thousands of uh well hopefully thousands of people i actually don't know how many people but it's trying to say something about the whole united states and i was just it remembering, is thousands of people their margin of error is plus or minus two percent uh i was just thinking about how my wife just posted to a facebook group she was trying to get a bead on like what what a certain group of people would say about a given book. And she asked this question and the responses she got were kind of discouraging. Uh, The book wasn't very good. I'm going to leave this as broad as possible so I don't offend anybody's sensibilities, but the book wasn't very good and nobody in this group had any issues with it. And she was really discouraged by that. And I think, I I guess uh, by way of application, it's just worth noting that the same thing we said earlier about how uh, we shouldn't be discouraged by these statistics. We should remember that Christ is ruling and reigning and building his church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it, we should remember that even in small cases, even when we query our small church, or even when we query a small Facebook group or a large Facebook group like the Reform Pub, and we get disappointing results, we we still need to remember the same truths. They they're They're the same, whether it's a small scale, like everybody in my family is crazy, or large scale, everybody in the U.S. is crazy.
0: And hey, if you're like David, the world's going to get better and become Christianized pretty soon, probably. Right, David?
1: It already has. There's like think about this. Think about this. We're doing this poll. <laughs> all right, all
0: right, all right. That's enough. Blackboard. No more. Could we have done cat this poll in stuff. eighty seventy
1: four? I don't think get so. Get out of
0: here. Okay. This has been great. Thanks for coming. And uh, if you want to connect with us, you can do so by jumping in our Slack channel. Sign up at Slack dot it's not channel. I don't know what it is. Just get in Workspace. our Slack, man. Workspace. And uh, it's we're approaching five hundred people, which is pretty cool. And um, you can get in at Slack.techreformation.com.
2: Greg, do you call it trousers or slacks? Uh, I I use the word pants usually, but yeah, that's different. I'd use form. trousers before slacks. All right, so to
0: you, listener, put on your pants and get in our slack.
1: <laughs> See, again, that's confusing
2: in England. What? What? Why is it confusing? Oh, because uh, pants
0: is like a generic word, right? So I just use. Guys, guys. Yeah, that's We're how it wrapping is in the show. Someone say <laughs> something about the website and Twitter.
2: Oh yeah, you can hit us up on Twitter at TechReformation or you can visit TechReformation.com to look through our back catalog. David, tell them where they can get us on Twitter. You can
1: uh, find us on the internet at TechReformation.com. Just type that into AOL or your browser of choice. This train wreck has
0: been Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.
2: Talk about a train wreck. So
1: in, in England, pants refer to the thing that goes on under your trousers.
0: I'll just do the intro here. Let's see. Uh, what do we usually do? Hello and welcome to like episode... Like underwear? What or like... episode are we on? <laughs> Moment underwear? Oh my gosh. What episode are we on?
1: I just love that as he's trying to do <laughs> the <laughs> intro, 4. Craig's talking about underwear.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 times 12 of the Tech Reformation where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity.
1: Do you think there's any significance in this episode?
0: No, because we're not at 120.000. Wait, you're not on here yet. Dang it!